Hello, this is Mag Heroes, a podcast about magazines and the people who make them. I'm Dan Rowden. This episode, I speak with Gail Bickler, design director of the New York Times magazine. Gail heads a design team who recently helped relaunch this weekly newspaper supplement to a great reception from magazine readers and critics. The magazine has a 4 million strong weekly readership, so it's not a job to take lightly. Listen on to hear how the magazine is put together each week and more about how the redesign came about. I had a great time talking with Gail and I hope you enjoy the show. Hi Gail, how are you? Good, how are you doing Dan? I'm doing very well, thank you. Um, so yeah, just well, I like to start off these uh, episodes hearing more about the person or the guest and how they got into the magazine they're making at the moment. So uh, could you just uh, just briefly describe your path to New York Times magazine? Sure. Um, my path is, path is kind of long and convoluted, I guess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually uh, went to school for fine art um, and was studying intaglio printmaking and painting. Um, and then... I paid for school by myself, so uh, by the time I kind of neared the end of my uh, college time, I had been waiting tables for about six years and realized that I I didn't want to do that uh, when I left school in order to support starting my fine art career, which, you know, ultimately you have a period of time where you're trying to get your career off the ground and you have a day job uh, that you're doing to kind of support that. And I realized that I wanted to do something during the day um, that meant something to me, something that I could really invest in. So during the end of my time at school, I started taking graphic design classes um, and uh, got a degree in in graphic design. Um, And once I left school, I moved to Chicago uh, and I got a job at a studio that designed art books for museums and publishers. And that was my way of kind of keeping one foot in the art world and also, and also doing design. And I think I, you know, I ultimately thought I would kind of still pursue this art career, um, maybe at night, although I actually picked a pretty ambitious daytime job. Um, and I found as I worked at that job that I really, uh, ended up loving design, um, and particularly loving the way a, a narrative can unfold over multiple pages. Um, and also I ended up loving um, typography and the craft of that. Um, so I did that for a number of years, um, about eight years. Then I ended up moving to Minneapolis um, for my husband's job and started my own studio there, um, was working for myself, again, designing mostly books. Um, and I also taught at Minneapolis College of Art and Design. And uh, the class that I taught was a publication design class. And while I was mostly familiar with books, the students there had a real interest in magazines, and the department had suggested that I assign a magazine design project. So I, I did that, not knowing a lot about magazines, and did a lot of research into it, and actually got really interested in it through teaching the students. Um, so I then moved again to New York, uh, and I wasn't exactly sure where I fit in in the design scene here. I was still interested in, you know, making books, but I also had had this experience in Minneapolis where I worked for myself and and felt kind of isolated. So I wanted to be more part of a design community. Um, And I couldn't really 
become part of a book design studio um, because those studios tend to be pretty small. And at that point, I had about 11 years of experience. Um, so, you know, I would have basically had to start my own studio again, which was, you know, something that I, I didn't want to do. So I had kind of gone around and talked to different people in New York, just, you know, talking to people about, you know, where I might fit in. And a number of people actually suggested that my work might be a fit for the New York, for the New York Times magazine. Um, so, and I, I had this interest in magazines, you know, anyway, just dating back to the class that I taught. Um, so I decided to just contact um, Janet Froelich, who at the time was the creative director of both uh, T, which is the, the Times of Style magazine, um, and uh, she was also over uh, the Sunday magazine, but had was really much more involved in tea. Um, so I came in, had an interview with her, um, and she brought me in for a three-week stint at tea. Um, so, yeah, that obviously ended up lasting for quite a bit longer in terms of my involvement at the Times. Um, but during breaks at tea, I started to work at the Sunday magazine and found that I really had much more of an affinity for that content and was able to really engage with that and enjoyed it. So that's the whole story. <laughs> so it's quite yeah, like a winding path of like unexpected turns. Yes. Um, so how have you found working on such a major publication with, uh, I mean, you weren't trained in the, in the field. Like how do you find it's easy just, uh, just to get on with your work and you find you have like a natural ability for it? Well, you know, it was interesting. It was actually a pretty big learning curve when I, when I first started designing a magazine. So, I mean, but that was actually about, you know, 10 years ago. Um, so, you know, at this point, I have a lot of experience in the field. Um, at the time, it was really different from what I was doing. Um, and one of the major things was the pace. Uh, I had been designing these books that, you know, sometimes I would work on them for six months, sometimes I would actually work on them for a couple years. Um, and then I came to the Times, and, you know, everything was happening in a matter of, of days. Um, and, you know, at first that was hard. Um, and then I found that there was something really great and liberating about that um, and ended up really kind of thriving on that pace. Um, of course, at times that's also really stressful. Um, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, I mean, particularly, you know, if a story comes in last minute, you're trying to, you know, get art for it. You're not, you know, you're working on that and everything's kind of in flux um, and you're also designing it. Um, and then, you know, you know, there's a hardened deadline. Uh, there's no moving that that ship date of uh, of the magazine. So um, at points that can be stressful. Um, but I did also find that a lot of things translated um, from the book design that I was doing, um, you know, in terms of storytelling, visual storytelling and, you know, um, just the kind of typography uh, that I had been working with. Um, so there were definitely things that translated and then also a lot of new things yeah. to learn. Uh, yeah. uh, what um, level did you come into the magazine? Like, What was your job title? I was a designer. Okay. Yeah, so I, I kind of came in at, at uh, uh, the, the base level. Um, and, you know, that's actually kind of a, a lower level than, than I would have necessarily come in at another you know, if I had gone to work for like a book studio, as I mentioned, um, you know, I had been running my own business at other places. I had been a senior designer, but I was really interested in, in working at the Times. I really believed in their mission and in the institution. And it was just kind of a great place to be also as someone who was new to New York, being able to work at that kind of an institution 
was pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, so this is the first uh, episode where I've talked to someone that isn't making a, a small publication and a small team. Mm-hmm. Um, could you just describe the uh, like the setup of a big design or a bigger design team? Like, because uh, now you've been you've gone through two more roles, I guess, uh, being yes. a design director. Um, could you just explain the setup and like how the roles differ? Yes, um, and actually, so essentially, there are designers in our group. Then there's a deputy art director an art director, and then the design director. Um, so I have been in each role. <laughs> um, and uh, so essentially the difference between an art director and a design director is that the design director kind of thinks more holistically about the, the brand and the publication. Um, so they are thinking a lot about bigger picture things um, uh, in terms of what, what fits in the magazine. Um, you know, myself as the design director... I do less design than I did as the art director. Um, but, you know, I, I most often design the covers. Um, and then I'm also working with the rest of the team to direct what they do and to concept a lot of the art and also to think about the brand um, as far as how it fits into the times as a whole. Um, and so that's something that's probably really pretty different, not only um, from smaller publications, but just from other larger publications as well, because, because the magazine is part of an organization like the times. Um, then the art director, that's a kind of hybrid role that focuses a lot on management. Um, and there's actually quite a lot of overlap between an art director and a design director. So a lot of the responsibilities are the same, but the art director, I think tends to do more hands-on design, um, and also directing a lot of particular projects. Um, And then I would say the deputy art director often is the person that uh, deals with a lot of the front of book pages and directs those, um, and then also does a large amount of design. And right now, our team is made up of um, myself, um, Matt Willey, who is the art director, our new art director, um, and Jason Svetko, who is the deputy art director. And then we we have one full-time designer, um, Ben Granjanet. and generally, the team is actually a little bit bigger. We're in a phase where we're, we're uh, going to be building it up a little bit more. But so f- at the moment, we've been functioning with a lot of freelance help. Um, generally, there would be maybe two more people on our team. Okay. Um, yeah, so um, mentioning Matt Willey. Uh, so that was a big, big splash when uh, it was announced he'd been hired by the magazine. Um, yes. Was he joined specifically to help with the redesign? Or was that just... Uh, like a good timing that was just good timing (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah um no uh, you know so I was made the design director of the magazine um in August um I had met Matt uh, earlier Uh, he was actually involved in our 2011 redesign he was brought in by the previous art director of the magazine or sorry the previous design director Rem Duplessis um and it was funny because you know, he was actually working with Rem on that redesign and I was working on the Sunday magazine um, because obviously there's, you know, you still have to make a magazine during the weeks that you're trying to do the redesign. So we really didn't overlap very much. Um, yeah, I was going to ask you if you worked with him before. Yeah, no, I didn't work with him at all. Um, and actually on the last, on his last day at the Times, I asked him out to lunch because um, I just felt like I had really missed this opportunity to get to know Matt and I was a huge fan of his work and just, you know, 
wanted to really meet him and spend a little time with him. And uh, I ended up really hitting, hitting it off with him. Um, and uh, so we had kind of kept in, ch- in touch. And, you know, he was actually working in New York. So we were sometimes meeting up for coffee and talking. And, um, you know, I was just struck by, you know, his general curiosity about things and his interest in writing and kind of his commitment to doing things that, you know, he believed in, in terms of what he designed. And uh, given that we had a really good connection and I think also shared a lot of um, ideas about design, you know, it seemed like there might be a fit there. And I, I didn't really know. Obviously, it was a really big ask to uh, ask him to move to the U.S. to take this job, but it just seemed like, you know, something that he that he might be interested in. Um, so I approached him about it, and I, I, you know, was really excited when he seemed like, you know, he might he might be interested in working with us. Yeah, um, I think everyone uh, thinks it's a good move, <laughs> um, and yeah, his uh, his touch is already like visible in the magazine. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Do, is there? something that Matt brings as a Brit to a US-based team? Is there any sort of difference in design, like, ethos? Yeah, I think there is. I, I'm, and I'm not sure it's because he's a Brit. <laughs> right, yeah. So it's not it's not based on, like, where he's from, but just the person he is? Yeah, I mean, well, there's certainly things that he brings to the magazine as a Brit in terms of, you know, you know, he, he I think he's drawing from a different set of contributors. You know, he often suggests people that maybe we hadn't heard of. Right, um, yeah. And that's pretty great. Um, we always love to, you know, work with new people. Um, I think his design sensibility is is really classic and uh, and very much based in typography. Um, and you know, I think it's very distinct. Um, yeah. So you can tell when he's been involved. I think. Yeah, yeah, um, and I think actually that's one thing. One place where you can really see his hand in terms of the redesign. He actually uh, did not. Uh, design or he, he was involved in the redesign, but actually didn't design the pages. Um, what we did was, uh, we hired a designer named Anton and I'm going to, I might butcher his last name actually, because <laughs> it's very hard to pronounce. I think it's Yuknovitz. <laughs> um, but, uh, we hired him to help design the print pages. Um, and then, uh, we also decided to, uh, have all new fonts drawn. Uh, and we worked with Henrik Kubel, who was a, a collaborator of Matt's. And uh, so Matt actually was very involved in the drawing of the typefaces um, and uh, worked with Henrik while he was still in London um, before he came to the U.S. to work at the magazine. So I think that influence of his is there in, in that aspect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how did you find his, uh, his work on the Independent uh, newspaper launched last year? I thought did, it, did you look at it and I mean was that before you hired him? Yes, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that was very we hired him very recently. He came to work with us in December. Okay. Um and I thought what he did there was amazing. And I, I think one thing that I really like about him is that he has a real sense for what is appropriate um for a particular publication. He thinks about the history of things. Um, which is something that is really relevant for the times. You know, when you come in and redesign something, you have to have a kind of respect for, you know, what you're, you know, what, you know, the the magazine that you're dealing with. And I just, I felt like his, um, his uh, redesign of the Independent was, you know, 
was very much appropriate and beautiful and, you know, felt both classic and, and modern. So mm. that was something that yeah. I really liked about it. Okay. Yeah, I really enjoy the newspapers. It's always the one that kind of stands out on the newsstand in, in England. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd love to hear more about, more about how the weekly magazine is made. Um, sure. Because, uh, I mean, it's so fast. It's kind of amazing how you, how you can make it every week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's so many things like going on and content and matching the content with design. And Yeah. I, I guess you have a few issues going at once as well. No, we work on one issue at a time. Yeah. Ah, Well, I mean, we work on one issue at a time, but oftentimes we're working a a little bit ahead on, you know, art for another piece. um, Right. Or for another issue. Sorry. Um, But uh, we work at one. We work on one magazine at a time, and uh, it really takes place over the course of about uh, five days (laughs) that we that we make the whole thing. (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah. So. I mean, the only way something like that comes together is if you have a team that works on it. Uh, So essentially, most of the people in our group are working on several front of book pages, as well as a feature article. Um, We get our, you know, our uh, display language, oftentimes on like, on Tuesday. uh, And essentially, the designers have mm, a day and a half to three days to design their feature article. Um, and then, you know, that's, I guess, where the role of the design director is important in terms of fitting those pieces together, uh, because we often look at, you know, these things are all being made at the same time. So then we have this wall that we put up all of our, uh, all of our layouts on, and we kind of look at how things fit together, whether or not the pacing is right, if we're using one font too much, you know, these kinds of things. And we make adjustments. Sometimes we move the pieces. So, we change the order of the features and sometimes we change the design. Um, but you know, it all kind of comes together because everyone is making a part of it at the same time. Mm. When does, when is your like hard cutoff time for the week? So everything ships by five o'clock on Friday, but we actually ship things throughout the entire week. So Mm. we start shipping the first pages on Tuesday. Those are some front of the book pages. We ship some more on Wednesday. All the features ship on Thursday or Friday and the cover ships on Friday evening. Okay. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, is it, what do you do on Mondays? On Mondays, yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> um, yeah, we're always trying to get our display language on Mondays, and we're kind of lucky if we can. Um, oftentimes, it's you know we're looking around on the internet. Often, we're commissioning art. Um, people are getting ahead on their on their front of book pages, uh, that kind of thing. Mm, okay. It's like a, it's a it's a little more restful day. Yeah, yeah. in our <laughs> week. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, how about like working hours towards the end of the week? Is are you usually there late or? Is it kind of not as frenetic as I'd imagine? Um, it can be frenetic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it can be. Um, it just depends on it depends on the week. You know, sometimes we do work late. Uh, you know, other times, you know, we're able to get out at reasonable hours. I find that with my job, um, it often bleeds over into other parts of my life. Mostly in that, I find that I'm constantly reading things for the magazine and kind of thinking about concepts for art. Um, and I, I do that, you know, often on, on my train ride, you know, hmm. on the weekends. But it's it's something that I enjoy. So I don't mind, you know, having that. It's something that I just 
kind of like thinking about. And I think for me, being able to think about it in a more leisurely way uh, often gets me a better result than at points when I feel very pressured to come up with an idea. Um, but uh, yeah, the hours can sometimes can sometimes be be long. Um, I don't think any more so than any other weekly, but I think that's just kind of how, how it works. Yeah. Yeah. Because, um, you know, working on a new thing every week, I guess, and you have such a hard deadline that it needs to go out no matter what kind of thing. Yeah, and sometimes um, you come up with something great immediately and, you know, it's an easy week and then, mm-hmm. you know, all kinds of things can happen uh, during the week. You know, stories can change, headlines can change. Um, so it's a little bit hard to predict. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, are you into indie magazines at all? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do, do you find that they're like a good influence on a more mainstream title like the New York Times magazine? You know, it, I'm not entirely sure that I would say that they they influence things. I mean, I in some ways, I guess they do. And even in our own redesign that we just did, you know, there there's something that I really enjoy about them as objects. Um, oftentimes, they're they're just really like beautiful things. Uh, and, you know, a lot of times I really enjoy um, the way they use photography or the kind of special projects that they do with illustrators um, because we do such a different thing um, in terms of oftentimes publishing, publishing news stories. Um, you know, it can be hard to have any kind of direct translation. And also, I'm not sure that we would want to do that, but no. I'm certainly uh, – I'm certainly uh, – influenced by just the kind of uh beautiful objects that they are um yeah okay and the new issue uh well the, the first redesign issue i haven't seen the second one uh or much of it online but the first one was much larger than before with different paper yes is that is that <laughs> the magazine heading towards yeah as you say like more of an object yes that that was exactly uh the goal in terms of having the 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 upgrade in paper, um, the magazine had really become pretty thin. Uh, And one of the things that we wanted to do was, you know, make a magazine that was a a better environment for advertisers. Um, So, you know, upgrading the paper uh, was one thing that we did. Um, Another thing that we were trying to do was to reposition the magazine within, within the times. And we thought a lot about the role that it played in terms of the, the journalistic coverage as a whole for the institution. And in the past, the magazine had been this place where most of the long-form journalistic stories had run. Um, And the landscape has really changed a lot with the internet. Um, The paper was actually running a lot of long-form stories. So one of the goals of the redesign was also to distinguish the magazine, you know, within the Times' coverage. Um, So we thought a lot about the idea that the magazine is something that you would want to keep, or if, if not, you know, over the course of the week, you know, longer term. Um, and we thought about making it a more pleasurable reading experience and, and more of a, a covetable object. Um, and so those were some of the things that we were thinking about as we were working on it. Okay. What initially um, started you guys working on the redesign? Was it what you just mentioned about making it more of an object or was there like a, a different goal in mind? Well, the initial impetus for the redesign was really that we had a new 
editor-in-chief, Jake Silverstein. Um, and as is often the case when a new editor comes in, he had a, a vision for the magazine that we wanted to realize, and he had ideas for new content um, that we wanted to include in the magazine. Um, so it was really mostly about uh, responding to his, his vision. And, you know, he really wanted to capitalize on the great writing in the magazine and make something that felt more literary. Okay. And uh, when did the redesign start? Like, how long did it take until the first issue was released? So it started oh. in September of 2014. So it took about six months. Okay. And meanwhile, you're still making weekly magazines? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yes. is it a relief that it's kind of over and that you only have the magazine, like the weekly magazines to produce? Yes, uh, it definitely is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it, yeah, it's kind of a tough juggling act to both, you know, make a magazine that, as you mentioned, has these hard and fast deadlines and then also be working on something uh, that, you know, is ultimately the future of of the magazine at the same right, time. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it was great. We had a lot of contributors um, working on different aspects. We have a great digital team at the Times, uh, and they were working on, you know, the digital part of the redesign. We brought in, you know, typographers to draw fonts and redraw the logo. We had, um, you know, Anton working on the print pages. So there were just a lot of... Uh, components to the redesign so keeping track of that and making something cohesive was a real um, kind of juggling act on top of also you know making this magazine that comes out every week hmm. and it was it all I mean basically it's up to you you're responsible for the redesign um, or it's like the editor also kind of well yeah it's definitely uh, something that you know I, I was responsible for the the look and feel of it you know, and the and the editor weighed in, you know, heavily on on you know how that progressed. Um, and obviously, we're working with you know the content that was generated by him and ideas generated by him, and trying to realize a vision. Um, you know that that was a kind of combination of of both of our ideas. Yeah. Okay. Um, it seems like the uh, the redesign or the relaunch got a great. Uh, response online mm -hmm. uh, is the team happy with how it went down yeah i think uh <laughs> we haven't discussed it too much but it seems like yeah. uh it seems like there was a lot of really good response to it um certainly there were also criticisms uh <laughs> but uh overall i think we felt really you know really good about how it was received okay and you don't get much do you get much dis like direct feedback we do. <laughs> we do. We yeah. do. Yeah. Um, sometimes people will actually just, you know, email me directly. Um, usually those are people that are not saying something great about the design. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, sometimes people email. Um, there were, you know, a lot of comments on our editor's letter. We, you know, took the step of releasing the editor's letter in advance of putting out the magazine. We also, our editor wrote a letter, um, in the last issue before the redesign, explaining that the magazine would be would be redesigned, just so it wasn't a huge shock for people who get mm. the magazine weekly to suddenly, you know, get this new magazine on different paper. It was actually much bigger, um, and so we wanted to kind of prepare people for that. That also maybe gives people time to, you know, anticipate it. And uh, you know, there were there were a lot of comments from people who. Uh, 
you know, are also having a hard time with the format or hard time getting used to it. Um, but you know, that's expected. Um, I think particularly when you, when you redesign something, something important and something that people, you know, love and have as part of their daily lives. So, um, you know, certainly that's part of it. We expected it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess it's part of every redesign. Yeah. I Um, mean, I I also would say that most of the people that, you know, wrote things online about it seem to really seem to seem to like it and and said a lot of positive things. So it balances out. And how how is it working with uh, making four covers at once? Oh, (laughs) I've never heard about the, uh, the process behind something like that. Yeah. So for that process, um, we actually just went out to a number of our favorite artists and we said, you know, we're going to make this issue, the relaunch issue. It's going to have a global theme. Um, and we want to have several different covers. Can you make something that either uses, um, the earth or the globe? Um, and so, you know, as usual at points we were involved in directing, you know, directing that process and kind of asking for different iterations. Um, but, uh, they again they all happened kind of at the same time <laughs> and uh it just kind of it, it all came together in a way that that uh that worked is it you said before that you're in charge of designing the covers yes how 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 is a story selected to go on the cover usually so that decision is made by our editor okay um and i think there's a variety of different uh criteria for a cover story. Um, you know, it, it, it varies so much. I think, you know, sometimes we do something, um, that feels like it has, uh, a certain kind of importance in terms of the culture, um, or a new story, uh, that, you know, is relevant. Sometimes, you know, we have a, a great set of photos that we want to kind of, um, make use of or, um, display um you know and sometimes it's about the quality of the writing um and so i think you know it really it really varies it also can be about the pacing in terms of you know having different kinds of stories on the cover um from week to week um but so you know it's a decision made made by our editor and at times we will go into an issue not knowing which which story is the cover there's usually no more than two contenders um but we'll kind of play out covers for both of the stories and, you know, ultimately one will be picked, but we'll oftentimes take two of the stories to completion as covers. Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do you have a favorite cover that you've done? Um, yeah, I have a couple favorites. I think <laughs> my, one of my favorites is the, the cover that we did uh, for our food issue. Um, this past year it's a it's an illustration by Christoph Neiman um and it's a picture of a little girl flipping an egg it was a the issue was about um children and food um and I just loved the spirit of that illustration um we used a fluorescent ink on it so it's like really bright (laughs) um and the egg actually covers up most of the logo which I also really liked we just left enough visible so that you could tell that it was you know our magazine um but I thought it was very um, graphic um, and bold. So mm. that's one of my favorites. Um, and then I also really liked the, um, we did a, an abortion by mail cover, which um, 
is obviously very different in tone. <laughs> yeah. Um, which also is, you know, one of the nice things about working at this magazine that we just work on so many different kinds of stories. Um, but it was about uh, uh, a group of women who uh, were helping women who would not have access to abortions gain access to them through the mail. Um, and we ultimately made the magazine feel like a package that you might receive, you know, if you were receiving these pills that would allow you to, to um, yeah. have an abortion. That was a brilliant cover. Do you, I mean, I guess you're freed from the, the demands of a newsstand that it, it kind of comes in a newspaper. Yes. Um, is that freeing? Or do you think about that much or you just kind of get on with it and do whatever's the most effective cover? Well, I mean, we do think about it a lot. And I think we also just make whatever's the most effective cover. And I think that because we are in a newsstand magazine, we have the luxury of doing that. Um, so we don't have to worry about necessarily about what's going to sell, you know, the magazine or make someone pick it up off the newsstand. Um, and we don't have to, you know, run lots of smaller lines about all the different stories that we that we are running in the magazine. Um, so it's a real luxury. We are able to make something um, that feels more poster-like, um, that is more simple. Um, and often we're able to do a cover, you know, on a topic that would be an incredibly tough sell uh, were we <laughs> making a newsstand magazine. Mm. Yeah, and it's made for some really nice covers. Thank you. I was just looking at the, uh, the page on Magpar, which lists all the covers that people have up uploaded. And I mean, there's, there aren't any bad covers there. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank really, you very, very much. Nice to look at. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate that. <laughs> um, I mean, my only gripe is that I can't get hold of the New York Times where I live. Oh, yeah. So I can't enjoy them. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there should be a solution for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of people online I've seen recently are like, oh, where do I get one from? Yeah, I know. People um, were asking about that. I think uh, yeah. a lot of people in London were certainly interested in seeing it, particularly mm. given, you know, Matt and Henrik's involvement. Um, right, yeah, yeah. And yeah, so I'm not sure what the answer is. <laughs> <laughs> Someone needs to get a big box and ship them over to Europe somehow. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay well it's been great uh, hearing about um, yeah how you put the magazine together every week um, do you have any magazines that you would recommend to the listeners or the ones that you enjoy reading um, yeah I um, well I love New York Magazine um, I mean that's not you know new to anyone but I just think it's an amazing magazine in terms of uh, a publication that's firing on all cylinders I think Adam Moss has an amazing editorial vision and, you know, their art and photo teams are also really great. And I just enjoy reading the content. Um, I also think it's a magazine, even though it's, it's a kind of, some of the content is New York centric. I feel like a lot of the content uh, really addresses interests um, that a wider audience might have um, that people beyond New York would, would enjoy. Um, I also really love um, colors um, I think it's a magazine that has a, a long history, but that has reinvented itself several times in really interesting ways and tapple, tackle some really interesting topics. Um, and it's kind of book-like in the way that, you know, they're single topic issues. Um, but I think the design of that magazine is really beautiful, that they use uh, printing techniques in ways that really enhance their content. Um, so I love that magazine. Um and also, I really enjoy printed pages. Um, I like the idea of that being a, 
compliment to the website. It's nice that, and I think it's interesting, you know, I often look at their, their website to get, you know, ideas about new artists and just kind of keep on top of what's happening in the art world. And then, you know, the, the magazine, uh, you know, has a, a much more in-depth look at it. A lot of the artists they feature on their, on their website. Um, and so I also really enjoy, enjoy that publication. Um, Hmm. but yeah, those are some magazines I love. Okay, good. I have some nice choices. Um, well, uh, yeah, thanks again for coming on the show. Yeah, and, thanks uh, so much for asking me. Good luck for the upcoming issue. I guess uh, it'll be out. Yeah, it'll be it's tomorrow is the deadline. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> is it yes. coming along okay? Yes. <laughs> yeah, <good. laughs> We're doing, it's a special issue. It's our Voyages special issue. Um, okay. So, yeah, we will have a magazine. Okay, good. Well, um, I'll let you get back to your work and uh, yeah, I'll hopefully speak to you soon. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much, Ken. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Mag Heroes and I hope you enjoyed the show. To stay up to date with new episodes or to listen to previous ones, subscribe in iTunes or any podcast application. Just search for Mag Heroes. All Mag Heroes episodes are also online at magheroes.net and soundcloud.com slash magheroes. You can also follow Mag Heroes on Twitter at magheroes, which is also a great place to leave questions or feedback. The next episode should be out in a week, so I'll see you again soon. Cheers. <laughs>